All right. Hello, Fantasy Disc Golf fans, and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Matthew Williams, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. And I would like to officially welcome you to episode number 17 of Chill Disc Days. And on today's show, we have a special guest. We have Rick Hansen from the new fantasy disc golf platform on your card where you can compete against the pros in fantasy disc golf. Uh, how are you doing today, Rick? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to be here. Dude, I'm really excited to have you on board. I've, uh, I've really been digging in your site, looking around, and I had a lot of questions for you today. So um, I'm excited to get into it. But before we get too into it, I got to start with the Chiefs, bro. Uh, it is a Monday. I took the day off to celebrate the Chiefs victory. So I got to give a shout out to the Chiefs. Did you watch the game? Uh, we, we did not. I used to be a huge uh, Colts fan and then just sort of kind of faded from football and soccer took over or football uh, took over my life. And, <laughs> uh, during COVID, we found disc golf. And I think if I'm watching a sport at this point, it's disc golf. I, I've probably consumed all the media that's out there and uh, constantly searching for more. Okay. I, I had to give, I had to give my chiefs a shout out before we got started. It was a, a great game. And before we got too much in the fantasy, I don't know if you heard like about an hour or so ago, Gannon Burr announced that he was leaving Prodigy. I uh, don't know if you heard that news. I did not. Is he leaving them for this year or after this year? I think it's this year. Wow. So like he, yeah, like literally just before we hopped on, Gannon announced the internet's blowing up right now. So I figured like instant reactions. I was shocked. I thought, like, I've heard a little rumors that, like, he might go to Dismania, like Drew Gibson kind of teased it, but I didn't think there was much meat behind it. Well, I, I would think that that with Prodigy, so we know KJ's their, their big guy. Uh, I would think they would have done anything they could to lock him up, but it does make sense for him to fill the void left at Dismania by Simon. Right. which it looked like was going to be um, uh, Kyle Klein for a little while there, if I'm not mistaken. So that, that'll that be interesting to see how that plays out. I know. I Like, I'd heard someone saying they had, like, an ace up their card. It might have been Eagle that was saying when Simon left, they had an ace up their card. So I know that kind of generated a little bit of buzz that it could be Gannon. But, like, you know, with him and Alden and Isaac having that connection, I was really surprised. But I guess Gavin Babcock's on Discmania, so... He was yeah, on Prodigy, and, so maybe Gannon might reunite with him over there. Well, and that's the thing. If I'm not, I believe Gannon, Alden, Babcock, and the two Robinson brothers, they yeah. all they they're doing the 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 Instagram reels. They're traveling together. So I guess with Gavin going to Discmania, it does open up that hey, it's not just uh, uh, uh wolf in the hen house or what is that? What is that saying? I think you. I, I think you're right. We'll go <laughs> that with is not it, my forte, but not. yeah, I think you're right. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I hope that. I hope. I mean, they're probably friends. You know, they're probably gonna keep up the vlogs. That was like honestly my main concern when I heard that. I was like, I hope this doesn't affect Alden's vlogs. Right. <laughs> more they're, they're so than the. Yeah, more so than the gameplay itself. <laughs> well, and he's so that gives him a week before the All Star to learn a new bag, and then two weeks before a Las Vegas challenge. Well, I have to have a feeling that he's known the switch was coming but yeah it was like last minute announcement well and that that was the difference so like with with any manufacturer other than mvp you can go out and throw 
unstamped discs and nobody knows what they are. MVP with the gyro and the overmold, you know exactly what somebody's throwing. So maybe he's been out there throwing before. Right. He wasn't able to lay as low or like yeah. Simon wasn't able to lay low, but maybe he was able to lay a little bit more low with the switch than Simon was able to. Yeah, that makes sense. That'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And yeah, uh, for sure. back to your Chiefs for one second. Yeah. So we're we're from Jersey here, and I'm one of five boys. My father is a diehard Giants fan. Okay. I was a Colts fan. Then we had Cowboys, then Giants, then Jaguars, and then Texans. We had more AFC South fans for a little while. Oh, my while. gosh. But the only thing he did instill in us is the hatred for the Eagles. So I am very happy the Chiefs won. So you go, oh, because the Cowboys connection that, that oh, just from Jersey and the Giants and, and Philly, we, we, oh, uh, that's so my, my daughter almost got me into a fight in a local supermarket when she was long, younger because I taught them to boo the Eagles. And there was a guy in front of us in line with an Eagles <laughs> jersey on. And my daughter is maybe one and a half, two. And she just starts booing. And I'm oh like, what God. are you doing? <laughs> this guy turns around and he, he says to me, you better shut her up. Oh. And I just looked at my daughter, who I'm holding, and I'm like, and that's why we boo Eagles fans. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's hilarious. So congrats to the Chiefs. There you go. I'm glad we could do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard, dude, Eagles fans are, or just Philly fans. Like, I'm a big Joe Embiid fan. So, okay. like, you know, anytime, I don't know, man. I just don't know how you uh, appease that crowd, you know? Well, so. I, I did see a couple stories. So Comcast is the local cable provider up there. They went down for a little while during the game, too. Uh-huh. So people in Philly could not watch the Eagles in the Super Bowl for a little bit. Oh, uh, I didn't yeah. hear about that. That's yeah. Hopefully it was one of the bad parts that they missed. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, dude, let's get into On Your Card. Um, I'm just curious a little bit. Let's just start with uh, your your background in disc golf. How'd you get into disc golf? How long have you been playing for? Sure. So during COVID, um, my wife had uh, asked us to go for a walk at a local park. And we were at our company at that point, like busy, super busy. We didn't slow down during the pandemic. And the idea of just walking through the woods, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. So I looked at the park, look what else they had. And it turns out they had a disc golf course. And I'm like, what is disc golf? So I do a little bit of searching online. I'm like, that looks fun. Turns out there's another course that's only like 10 minutes away from us. So my wife went out. We ordered starter kits. Uh, we ordered it for me, my wife, my son, and my daughter. And we went to go play. And we were horrible. Absolutely atrocious, as everybody is when they yep. start. Um, by hole seven, my son was like, I'm done with this. This sucks. <laughs> by hole 10, my wife is like, I'm pretty over it. And me and my daughter are looking at each other like, this is awesome. <laughs> so we went and played the next four or five days in a row. Didn't know there was any kind of scoring app for it. So we had a family Slack. I was putting our scores in, in a Slack channel so we could talk about it. And, um, uh, ever since then, I think, I, I, if I'm not playing three or four times a week, it's a bad week for me. Um, my, oh, you my got daughter's the, bug the bad. same way. Yep. My, oh yeah. Like complete. My basement <laughs> tells you I have the bug. My, uh, the basket in my living room also shares that. How old's uh, your daughter that's playing? Yeah. It's my, my daughter right now is 16. Um, we both in 2021 managed to qualify for the NADGTs down in Texas. Oh, congrats. So, thanks. We took a nice little family trip down there. 
Um, I played horrible. I do not, apparently I do not know how to play in the wind. Uh, and all the people at the top of the leaderboard were like your Kansas, your Oklahoma, your Montana, all the guys who are used to the, I'm used to tight wooded Northeast golf. Mm-hmm. Put me in the woods. I'm okay. Put me in an open field with a 30 mile an hour headwind. I, I, I have no idea what to do. Um, so I finished near the bottom, but my daughter took third in the under 18. Nice. So hey, man, I, I I grew up in Kansas and I still don't know how to play in the wind. So <laughs> it's not just you. <laughs> it's hard, man. Nice. Uh, that's cool. Um, and then fantasy. How uh, how have you played any other fantasy sports? How did you get into fantasy sports? Sure. So I have. Uh, when I started my career, I was actually working for a company, and we're gonna we're gonna age me here. So it was it was twenty five years ago. And my boss had actually gotten the ability to work from home, but was a little feel fearful for her job. Mm-hmm. So never passed any work to me. Everybody always says, I wish I could go to work and not have to work. You have no idea how long eight hours is until you you don't have anything to do for eight <laughs> hours. So I was playing fantasy baseball. And on the right-hand side of the page, there was a work for us. So I clicked it. I applied. Went into the city for an interview, having never done this before, but I was never afraid, you know, to push the button on the computer. Let's see what this does. Um, so I started being a developer for a fantasy sports company after that. Six months later, I was in charge of, in charge of our uh, development team. Um, and I've had the bug ever since. I left the fantasy sports world, but always played. I used to hold offline drafts in my house. And about, about a year and a half ago, I put together this model, ran it by a couple people, and we're like, this this could be something. And we didn't want we didn't want it to just be fantasy sports because one of the things that as I've gotten older that I love is to watch people pursue their dream or pursue their life goals. Because when you're younger, that's that's the time to do it. Like I, I, I'm married, I have two kids, I can't just go around the country for a year. But when you're younger, go for it. And we knew we wanted to give back to the community in doing this. So within our league, every time you play with a pro, you actually support that pro. A portion of that proceeds goes directly to the pro. And there are two two main benefits to it is is somebody like a Paul McBeth, uh, a a Uliberry, a Ricky Wysocki, a Coling. The guys, not necessarily the best players, but the names that are big within the sport. Mm Mm-hmm. People are dying to have more communication with you so they can make money off of their name. And then you have the guys who I can tour for six to eight weeks or I can play the local ones who want to do this, but it's not financially viable. Well, create a league and on your card, market it to all your friends, market it to family members. Everybody wants to support you and then take your European players where they want to see them come over to the U.S. Okay, market your league locally in your country, in your town. Get everybody to support you, play with you. And then instead of coming over for four weeks, maybe you can come over for eight weeks. Yeah. So we knew we wanted to give back. And then the other way that we're giving back to the pros is every league that you play in with a pro, you're going to get a chance to pre-order a custom disc. And that disc, so we'll use Gannon Burr. He's actually uh, on my list right here that I'm looking at, and we were talking about him. Yeah. If you beat him in the Fantasy League, we'll give you a disc. Well, you can purchase a disc that says, I beat Gannon Burr. Then in real small letters, it'll say, at on your card. (laughs) Or if he beats you in the league, that disc that you'll get is, Gannon Burr beat me on your card. 
Well, how great would it feel to go to your local course and pull out a disc that says, I beat Gannon Burr, and all your friends are going to be like, you beat Gannon Burr? How the hell did you do that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, you're good. Okay. Um, so uh, in talking with the pros, they all love that idea, and um, the ability to just sign that disc next year that says, I beat or I got beat by, you instantly know that person that has that disc supported you on tour so that's another interaction the pros can have with their fans that's a i didn't know about the signature that that's a great idea because you just think about supporting pros it's t- normally purchasing like their signature disc or using whatever sponsor code that they have but this is just another way to so how much do i have to pay to get the on your card off there so i could just say i beat ganon burr uh, well, in like a tournament uh, how <laughs> much kidding. does a There's- bottle of uh Rubbing alcohol and some paper towels tape. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> any any quick search on the PDGA will realize I'm bluffing, but <laughs> no, I really I like that. Yeah, and you got one, quite a bit of pros on board already, too. Yeah, we we have ten. We're gonna make a couple more announcements today, and uh, we have a couple people who are researching the opportunity right now. Again, we have to we have to be very careful about this because fantasy is relatively new to disc golf so Uh we have a challenge here and not only do you have to do we have to educate some of the pros but you also have to educate the the players of it because not everybody who plays disc golf has been involved in other fantasy sports throughout the year so Mm -hmm. with ours we wanted to make this as absolutely simple as possible so inside our game we when you sign up we give you ten thousand dollars in game credit And we have taken the past three years worth of tournaments and priced out value for all of our players. So take, I'm not going to, so Kristen Tatar in our game is $3,352. You take her, the average of four at 10,000 is 2,500. You know, you have to go down and take a Uh player who maybe only plays three tournaments, then takes a week off. Now you got to find that other guy who's going to play three or four more tournaments to go through there. Um, so that's relatively simple to understand. And then our scoring model is based on finishing position. We actually balanced the MPO and FPO field. So they are equal. Um, this took me and my brother, Zach, uh, we we spent many, many nights trying to get this balanced out, but the winner of each tournament will finish within one or two points of each other. And the bottom of the tournament will finish right around the same period. It just scales different because FPO field is typically 40 to 50 players. And MPO field goes anywhere from 80 at some of the tournaments up to 170 or so at some of them. So we want everybody who plays to get points, but they have to scale correctly. So we we feel confident in our scoring model that you want to pick Katrina Allen, Paige Pierce, Kristen Tatar, Missy Gannon. You're going to compete with the guy who just drafts from MPO. It's not an either or. We want it to be completely inclusive because that's the way we felt this sport has been for us. I need to get in some insight on what you used to figure that out. Because when I was doing my draft guide, I was like doing fantasy rankings from last year. And one of the things I was trying to do was like a MPO to FPO ratio to account for that like difference in the in the field size. So I, that yeah, if you guys are doing one curious like the points, I wasn't sure if it was bird, birdies, bogeys, things like that. So it's just going to be position. And then, do you have like a a number? Like, is it a scale for the FPO side, or is there a specific number that you guys are 
so as a, a ratio, if that makes sense. Right. So um, I, I have to be careful because I don't want anybody going in and truly figuring the model out. So we'll give you we'll give you the the thirty thousand okay. feet view. But I'm sure you guys put a, yeah a lot into it because it's a tricky it's a tricky formula to try to narrow down. Yeah, it, it was, and uh, I'm not going to say I don't I still have a couple bruises on my head from banging it against the <laughs> table. But uh, so we start each tournament at a base level, and that base level differs whether it's a silver series, an elite, elite plus, or a major. Mm-hmm. And then we do go in and try and come up with a ratio based on field sizes, so that way they correlate together. So let's let's do it in simple terms. Let's say you got ten points for first and eight points for second in MPO. Right. You'll get ten points for first in FPO, but probably seven and three quarter points for second place in FPO because it has to scale a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. But 10th place uh, i'm not i'm not 100% this is just to give a ratio 10th place in fpo probably sits even in points with 20th 25th in mpo so you're we want you to play with the people that you know and then take flyers on well they've been hot a little bit because you you can research past tournament experience past value from within hours and the value of players fluctuates throughout the year based on performance and also market indicators. So we're tracking your buys, your sells, and your holds. So a hold is essentially a validation week over week that I want you on our team. I can't buy the player already because they're already on my team, but you got to factor that in. Then we're also uh, going to factor in player searches, player link clicks, more research on that. So because it's a closed market, it's not a, one for one buy to sell. Uh-huh. So we have to create that market from within there. So that $10,000, you have a good first week. You could have a roster value worth 12000 And let's take Drew Gibson last year, for example. Drew came out and won the Las Vegas Challenge. But then I believe he took, what, three weeks off, maybe four, to move to uh, to move to his new home. So if you drafted Drew week one, you made money because of his performance. And then all the buys leading into that, so you could trade Drew, and let's say you had enough money then to pick up a Calvin Heimberg, who consistently finishes in that top 10. The goal at the end is to make enough money to make your way up to be playing with the people who are on lead card week after week, your Macbeths, your Pierces, Tatars, Wysockis, et cetera. Okay. No, that's my goal. So you start with 10000 mm-hmm. You The market value changes every week. So if their value goes up, you can hold them. You could... Or, or sell high, use that money to get another player who maybe underperformed to get a value or something like that. Um, interesting. So, the, right. so yeah. if you go back, go back to last year, there are two players that, re- three players that really stand out. Gannon Burr. So Gannon Burr would have came in to our, our game last year relatively as a good value. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, he was one of the most uh, highly priced players. But you wouldn't have want to sold him to sell him because he was consistent all year. For sure. Uh, Jake Hebenheimer and Isaac Robinson, they both had big upswings throughout the year where they were on featured card lead coverage, finishing in that top five, top 10. Well, but then they came back down a little bit. So if you bought low, sold high, you made that profit on them. You got the points while they were finishing up there. So it's a delicate balance. You want to make the money to score more points, to buy better players, to score more. And that's the Mm -hmm. circle and that's the gameplay within our game. So what the, so you're starting with the last three years. 
right? Because one guy I kind of looked at was Isaac Robinson. He's around mm-hmm. like 20, as terms of like a value pick, he looked like a pretty good value at around like 2,700 compared to yes. like, you know, um, let's say what Ricky and Gannon and them were around what, 35? Yeah, they're up there in like 35. So when you're like uh, after the tournament, will you still be looking at three years prior data or is this, or you think the values will, will be more like uh, dependent on recent performance? It will, it will be recent. So this market is unique to itself. We use the past three years to prove our formula and make sure that our pricing model, our scoring model was correct. But all the value for this year will be based on activity in the market and performance of this year. Okay. So you could see like if Isaac gets off to a good start, that value could fluctuate pretty big to start. Correct. Yes. Okay. And that's, that's kind of what we're hoping for is find that Isaac Robinson, that Jake Hebenheimer find that. Um, so Maria Oliva had a breakout year again, last year own went mm-hmm. from middle of the pack to top five, almost all year. She would have been another good value. Then Last year, you have uh, Robert Burridge appeared on lead card yeah. for a little bit. Aaron Robinson appeared. It's that it's finding that hidden gem that we feel provides that extra level of chest thumping of I know disc golf better than you do, and that's that's what we want. Is do the pros have an inkling that's coming before the regular person? Like because they get to play practice rounds with them or see them out there on the course, knowing. Um, I was just watching uh, Goat Hill from last year, and Luke Sampson was on lead card Luke for Luke and Alden battle, right? But yeah. how many putts did Luke miss low? Right, he was he was mm-hmm. within within maybe over the course of three rounds, he was a foot away from getting seven more birdies. So do the pros see that and are like, oh, if if he makes that little adjustment, he's going to get on fire? And do they buy those sleeper picks? Oh, you know, you know what you said to me and, and now, now it's starting to click. You said, do you want to prioritize points or money early? So like your buying power, like I filled out my roster and I went, you know, I basically tried to get it as close to the 10,000 as possible. But now I'm thinking, do you want to get some sleepers, have those values increase a ton and then get that money and to then get some of the bigger picks. So now I kind of see what you're saying with the, what do you want to focus on early your buying power or your points? Right. So for, you don't actually need to use all 10,000. You you don't have to, if you find all those sleepers, because then like, so it's the accordion effect is, is we feel that this is going to be interesting all year because you're going to get those strategies. Do I get the names early score points? And then I have that money to sell the big name player and pick up the hot guys or, do I go for those sleepers to make the big money so I can hold on? So like my team for our free league is uh-huh. a mix of names and you'll, you'll know all of them, but also a mix of potential coming in this year. I have Comrade and Simon Lazat. Okay. Those I'm counting on making money on name value. And uh-huh. then the two that I think are, uh, I have a feeling Thomas Gilbert's going to have a really good year this year. I, I, I don't know. It's just a feeling Granted, I've had that feeling for the past two years with him, so I hope. But Thomas is also only $2,000 in our game. And then another one I think is going to have that breakout year is Barella. 
So I'm, I've combined strategies. Let me make money on names, but also on potential sleeper picks. But I think all four can make me points week in, week out for right now. Nice. See, I'm just, I'll, I'll read mine right now. I went Ricky Wysocki, Matty O, big Matty O. I think he's going to have a magical year. And then I kind of went the Isaac Robinson. I thought he was a good value. And then I went Sayananda because she was a thousand. She'll be, I think, touring more. She's like placed top 20, I think, at the last couple majors she played. So I just think a lot of upside thousand. She could be a good value. Well, and, uh, and that's I, it. And that's it. We we IPO all new players at that thousand dollars. We'll we'll go in and do a little bit of research. So like Gannon, even two years ago, three years ago, when he first came on, he would have been a thousand dollars. I mean, uh-huh. so we don't want anybody worth two dollars in the game. Right. You don't want somebody spending nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight dollars on three players and then just filling the roster out with a name. Right. Or just a warm body. We want everybody to be a conscious choice. So the minimum price for any player in our game is a thousand dollars. That's smart. So I am just looking at the uh, free leagues. Is the paid leagues kind of the same setup in terms of the four players, the ten thousand? Yep, it's um, it's the exact same setup. the The main difference is uh, from the pro side. So the pro is actually competing in that league with you. Uh And what we're doing for the pros is each tournament begins a league anew. So you start for the Las Vegas Challenge. You're playing with the pro from the Las Vegas Challenge through the end of the year. So if I'm not mistaken, I think there's 24 tour stops, maybe 26. You get 24 to 26 weeks for $10 that you're playing to the pro. Then right after the Las Vegas Challenge, we will create a new league that starts at Waco. And the way that we're going to balance that is – Let's say you want to play with Connor O'Reilly. Connor O'Reilly goes out $10,000, but turns that into $11,000 after week one. Well, the Waco tournament, you jump in and you, as a new player, have $11,000 to build your roster. You start each week dead even with the pro. So there's no waiting. So again, 15 weeks in, he's now got $19,000. You start playing with him. You start at $19,000. You start on level playing field with the pro throughout the year. So again, we'll go back to Hebenheimer and Isaac Robinson. If you didn't know them and then you saw them on coverage and you're like, I love the way they play, jump in and play a league with them from there forward. You're not behind the eight ball. You have an even shot. And the only way you can purchase that custom disc is to play in a league with the pro. So let's say I'm playing in a league with Paul Uliberry. I can't purchase that Connor O'Reilly disc. I have to play in a league with Connor in order to be able to purchase the Connor O'Reilly disc. Are you? Uh, I've seen a uh, quite a bit of uh, Connor O'Reilly footage on your Instagram. Are you a big Connor O'Reilly fan? You guys got a strong connection with him. Uh, so I actually ran uh, U Disc Live scoring for the Stafford Open in uh, 2021. Uh-huh. And had had the best interaction with Connor O'Reilly. So he comes past the scoring tent, and he's a he's a huge man. He's tall. He puts his arms on the little tent overhang, just takes a deep breath, and I'm like, "How'd your round go?" He looked at me and went, "It went all right." And let me put my bag down. I thought that was the interaction over. I thought, okay, he's done. He put his bag in his car, changed the shoes, came back, grabbed the seat next to me, and we went through his entire round. Oh, as, if, cool. as if I'd been talking to him forever. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big Conor O'Reilly fan. Nice, man. I haven't caught up um, with all his, like, vlogmas and stuff, but all of his, like, practice rounds and, and his commentary. And, dude, he seems like a real sharp guy, really. 
likes to think through the game and real laid back. So it's good to hear. It's yeah, always he, nice to hear when like fans have really nice interactions with the players. Yeah. I, again, at, at Stafford, I ran into so many of them and Matty O, it, such a nice guy, like such a nice guy. Dude. After, after the event, we were in the parking lot, just throwing a Frisbee back and forth. And he's right there with us. Tamara Meisterschmidt was there with us as well. Just, just having a good time. Jonathan Nicholson again. I think he's not touring this year, but he was he okay. was so nice. Um, I had a funny interaction with uh, one Matt Bell. So Matt Bell is from around this area and was supposed to play in our local league challenge. Well, uh, I, I was looking forward to taking him down. <laughs> not really. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's so talking that smack. Right. We BSed a little bit at the tournament. And then this past year, I ran into him down at the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge. And I'm standing there, what I think is out of the way, and all of a sudden I get a nice little tap on my back and just a beep, beep. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it turns out it's Matt Bell trying to set his cart on the tee before he goes up and finishes off his putt. So even in the middle of his round, he was still nice and relaxed, having a good time. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so uh, looking at the pro leagues, I know you said you got – some more coming up. Uh, let's see who we got so far. Yeah, you got Connor. You got Dan Brooks Wells, as Robinson, Ian Burchett. So you can do as many of these as you want. Hop in whenever you want. Yeah, and that's and that's what we think is. So we wanted to make the price low enough that the barrier to entry is is nothing. Okay, make your sandwich at home instead of buying your hoagie out for that day, and you can afford to play all year with the pro. But we also wanted to make it high enough that I'm not giving a pro 10 cents, 30 cents, uh-huh. right? So of every $10, the pro actually gets $3 of that. Oh, nice. So they're getting a pretty pretty substantial amount of that. And then on the disc, they're getting between 3 and $5 for that as well. We want to make sure that any of these pros that come out there and – they can pull in a thousand people. They can make $3,000. Well, how much more, how much more, how much better performance do you think they would have if they don't have to worry about, well, I have to cash at least this much because I need this gas and this food and this entry fee. Like it's, it's your lower tier guys that we feel like if we can eliminate some of that stress of performance on the sky's the limit for them. Yeah. Every dollar has got to help for sure. Yeah. Uh, is there so th- is there a limit on these league size or, or is it just because you're not competing against anyone else in the league but the pro really like that's your only concern is just beating the pro so there's probably no limit right on these league sizes no limit on the pro side uh the free league we are we run four of them at a time and we randomly select you to go into a league um and there's a limit of 100 people per in there and then we'll just cre- keep creating free leagues but something that's coming up is we're going to be doing private leagues too i was so, going to ask about that yeah yep. yep so you want to play with just just your local disc golf but we're gonna we're gonna cap them at 25 per but um one of the other things that we want to make enhancements for is to allow not only pros to host private leagues that benefit them but content creators on on youtube along with charities so we would love to partner with the paul Macbeth foundation yuli foundation i think ricky's got one as well and play a league that benefits the foundation so you're still playing from within a a private environment but instead of paul or yuli or ricky getting that three dollars that that money goes directly to the foundation as well and 
let's say you work at Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Well, start a fantasy league for Red Cross. Your work company. with the people there, right, within your company. They may not know disc golf, but how many people play in Super Bowl pools just to be a part of something? They don't mm-hmm. know football. It's the same thing. So we feel like there's there's many avenues where we can help impact the community and help grow the sport. Um, I, I have a question for you. So in in your experience in going around, one, I'd love to know, did you find it easy to use? Did it, did it all make sense? And then two, besides side, do you have any other sleeper picks that you think might be out there? That's a, I, and did you know I love some sleeper picks? The only thing I would say is the glossary. Like it says, the points are scored based on player performance in each tournament. I would say like the glossary. I was a little unclear on the glossary about how the points worked. Um, okay. So that was, but I think that's like a good, like that's a good um, area to have. All right. So I came on. I came on the podcast. I wasn't expecting to go home with homework. So, (laughs) hey, you, uh, you. I wanted to give you my my honest feedback. That was like really the, like the, in terms of easeability. Yeah, I mean, getting in there, creating a free league, all that. Like, uh, it sounds like you have a developer background. So, I mean, like in terms of usability, I think the the site is great. The only, honestly, the only thing was like the glossary. I was just wasn't sure exactly how the points worked. And then, yeah, I mean, this is why we're doing the podcast, though, so we could talk through it because, you know, there's always a little bit lost in translation, just writing it down. So, yeah, so I I do have a developer background, but uh, I am I am not doing any of the actual development. That's uh, that's Andrew and Mark. Uh And one of the things so I've been a part of a couple startups throughout my career and especially technology focused. One of the things that I think lacks in that startup is the technology forward approach. So we're a four person team at any point in time, three of us can jump in and write code. And usually that's not the way it is. You'll get the one guy who can code, the one guy who can sell, mm-hmm. the one guy who, who can do finances and that's it. Everybody stays in their lane. We have, we have a lot of overlap. So our accountant, Zach, or sorry, our CFO, Zach, he, uh, him and I did all our formulas. So our value formula, our scoring formula, our market formula. So we, we try to have that very tech forward approach so we can make improvements quickly. Uh, private leagues, we're hoping to launch them in the next week or two before the beginning of the season. But um, one of the, the, the benefit that I was talking about with content creators or charities, one of the other ways from that that we're looking to enhance is local clubs so you want to go ahead and put baskets in you need new baskets or you need new tee pads go ahead and start a league locally now you're not just asking somebody hey give me ten dollars to support the club it's it's very similar to tags right you buy the twenty dollar tag and then you enter the ace pot so you give and then you could potentially take with this it's the same thing get your entire club to play now you have enough money to buy a new basket put in that new tee pad and continue to grow that way and you're playing with the guys you go to at league where you're talking, oh, I made all that money this week. And right, talking about smack. So yeah, right. Yeah, buddy. In terms of sleepers, I like my big ones are I saw Isaac Robinson was a great value. I've talked about Allie Smith. I don't I'm gonna see what her value is at. I'm sure she's at that thousand range. She's from the Kansas City area and she's gonna be on tour full time for DGA. She's a sleeper I've had. Um has she toured yet? She made she made a few events last year. If she made a few, we should. Yeah, we have her. She is a thousand dollars. Nice. 
that's another sleeper I had. What about you? I love, I, I had o- Oivind. He's another guy I really like. So we, we're, we're going to put out a sleeper post. So I can't give you all of them mm. right now, but we did just one recently... or two, one or two. What, what, <laughs> uh, I, I think he is actually included in our best bargain. I think Gavin Rathbun is actually a sleeper. I think he's at $1,800 within mm. our game. And not only does he have the ability to pop off and get himself on lead card, I think his finishes are pretty consistent. And another one is, uh, I would say, Haley King. Is she going to tour full-time this year? It, and she's she's $2,200. So you draft a Haley King and a Gavin Rathbun, you've only spent four grand. You still have six grand to fill out the top two players within your roster. Eagle will be another interesting one to watch. Don't yeah. spoil Goat Hill. I have not watched the last round yet. I have I haven't watched any of that coverage yet. It's been so don't worry, I won't spoil anything. But yeah, Eagles at what, twenty eight hundred? Yeah. He is he is a guy I'm super nervous about. I was just I've seen a lot of people excited about him, but you know, I just don't know, man. I just don't know what his schedule is gonna be like. Yeah, I'm, that's my I'm, main concern. It, it it is, but I think I think Eagles a good value in the beginning of the year because he is gonna start. So keep keep him on your roster as long as you can. If he gets injured again, two or three weeks into it, then hopefully you'll have made a little bit of money. You you, you get out of Eagle while he recovers and, and you get somebody, get somebody else on your team. True. And and if he pops off, I'm yeah. so curious to see how much these values are going to change, like depending on how well they perform. I'm really curious to see how all this pans out. Well, and have you, so on our markets page, if you uh-huh. go in there um, on the right-hand side of the markets, you'll see that little buy, sell player. Uh-huh. Go ahead and click the compare button that's down the bottom. And that entire column is going to change to check boxes for you. Go ahead and just check the, the top four players for me. Okay. And then click submit down the bottom. You'll notice that shows you value changes for that last four tournaments. Oh, wow. And then the top and the right, nice little graph too. Yep. So you can click points. And you'll see value doesn't always equal points because Gannon Burr scored more points. But his value didn't fluctuate as much as Katrina Allen. Oh, this is super cool. Okay, yeah, I did not know this uh, comparison and, feature was a thing. Right. So as the year goes on, if you look on the top right, we have display tournaments. We're going to go 4, 8, or 16. So you'll be able to see trends throughout. And one of the other things we're working on is whole descriptions. So we're, again, watching coverage for the past three years. And we have a list of 52 right now deciding factors on characteristics that define a whole things like a tunnel shot or a triple mando ob left all of those things and we're going to categorize each and every hole and then release advanced analytics on it because not every course every hole is the same right you have some courses that have six woods holes but eight open Mm -hmm. holes all right, so don't necessarily go for the woods golfer there go for the open bomb golfer who can survive the woods or you have a forehand heavy woods course. All right, Chris Dickerson is one of the best woods golfers alive, but are you going to put his forehand against some of the better forehands, even though they might not be better woods golfers than him? So we're going to release all these analytics that are out there and give you the ability, if you want to spend four hours a day researching how these players are playing. We want those statistics on here. Or you want to come in here and just say, Drew's not playing this week, sell, buy. You can take 15 seconds, set your team up. 
We're, we're trying to give it to you as simple or as in-depth as you want. Is that going to be a free feature or is this, that sounds real like a premium kind of pr- it, paid feature? Yeah, but more than likely that's going to be a paid feature, but it's going to be a one, one, one time cost for the entire season. We're not I mean, going to, we're not going to make it a subscription fee. We're, we're thinking in the neighborhood of 20 to $25 for the full year. But here's the key factor. All of our pros will get that information for free. Yeah. Nice. So I mean, why make them pay for it? <laughs> right. They're going to have that information. So you really want that. I beat Gannonburg disc. You're mm. you might be at a disadvantage without it. I mean, you got to give them a little advantage if they're going against so many people. So yeah. is this going to be like a, uh, a kind of like a, you said 52 characteristics, like for a whole, is this going to be something where you can like almost run a, a query or something like for each hole does that fits these certain characteristics and you guys can so really dive in. Yeah. We uh, we're very early in that process. Um, so uh, Mark and Andrew are in the, the, the process now of building me where I can go in and watch all this coverage and define all the characteristics. Once that's done, then we'll worry about how we're displaying it because so one of our funnier stats, and if you've ever played woods golf, you'll know the ex- you'll, you, a hole is going to come to your mind. The hole is going to have that tree, and you <laughs> yeah. know it, right? That you have tree. a hole that you play that has that tree, right? So for me, I play local at Mercer County Disc Golf, and on hole two, it has an overhanging tree, and then there's another tree right here, thus creating a little almost like Mando type that you have to go through. That tree that hangs over is the tree that everybody hits. Uh-huh. So it's it, that's more a fun stat. It, 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 but then we have, let's say, uh, OB left, OB behind, OB right on the green. All of those could be combined into a death putt statistic that you will have a death putt no matter where you lie. But so we don't have to go walk, go back and rewatch this coverage over and over and over. We're trying to break it down as small as possible. And then we might bubble up groupings of it. So it's easier. And those groupings, some of those statistics we might give away for free to give you a sneak peek at these are the statistics that we have. And then when you get the advanced analytics, then you get it all broken down. So are you guys, how deep are we, are we talking? Like, are you going to have like an OB left five feet? OB left 10 feet, OB left 20 feet. Like so, you guys like, could go so deep with this. We we could. So we do have a uh, par three, four and five broken down into normal, uh, short or long for that breakdown. Then we have like low ceiling on approach, tee shot, fairways or greens. We have uh, whether it's open, some holes, you have to hit a tight gap, but then the fairways open right. or there are holes where it's open off the tee, but it's tight around the green. So we have open tee, fairway, green. We're we're trying to break this down as granular as possible. So we only have to watch this coverage one time. We may never use the stat. Who, who right, really, who is going to want to know holes with that tree? It's just a fun stat. Um, so we'll break them down as far as possible. And then what logically makes sense. That, no, I want to know with the what what going back to that tree. Are you going to have like uh, I guess information on like where it's placed yes. and how it affects? That's so cool. That's yeah, so cool. It, and you know, there's got to be more than like there's plenty that are going to have more than that tree. There's going to be right. that bunker, that water, that hill, yep. or that whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And that's 
So that that's that's kind of where we're at. Like I'm just looking through my list here. We have uh, whether it's a tree crash hole, like some of those holes where it does make sense to throw over the top and then just play Plinko on down. Uh, Island Greens, whether it's uphill or I think uh, USDGC, I think is it hole three where they tee off from elevation inside the woods, but then the whole hole is just flat, right, with the big skip, or is that hole four? I'm blanking. I okay. Yeah, it, it's it, but that's an elevated tee. But then there are others where the hole is downhill. They're different things. Elevated tee to a flat hole isn't the same as a tee going downhill like uh, the toboggan, where it has a ton of downhill. None of right. those are elevated tees. They're just downhill throws. So we have we have different ways to to characterize these. That's super interesting. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I mean, as a fantasy disc golf analyst, I'm for sure going to be trying to utilize that information. So, uh, how, uh, what is the time frame on that? Like, I see so you guys are rolling out like private leagues. Um, when do you guys think about implementing the premium? Is that like a next year thing, or you guys think you'll get it implemented throughout the year? Uh, we think we'll get it. We'll get it for this year, and that might be something where, it, let's say, we get it by like week twelve, week thirteen. We'll give a discount for the full year, uh, or we might even for this first year give away half of it. So you get a little taste of it for coming up into next year. Um, we, we have a, we have a very big backlog of, of things we want to add, but uh, we all have full-time jobs as well. We'd love to be able to afford to do this full-time, um, but it's not there right now. Well, this is the um, inaugural year, right? Like I correct. just found out about this. I think I found out this like less than a week ago and I was immediately like, dude, I got to talk to you about this. So well, like, that's good. That's the good inaugural year. Yeah, we officially launched the game open on Monday uh, of last week. So we're we're a week in, and uh, I think I've spent more time on the phone in this past week than I have in the past two years. I'm not a big <laughs> phone guy, um, but that's part of what we have to do. Um, and some of the conversations I've had with pros are as little as four or five minutes. And then I've I've been on the phone sometimes 45 minutes to an hour. Because you get the conversation going and it just makes sense. And then then the pros are talking about, well, it would be cool if we could do this. It would be so we get extra ideas from them as well. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys had an infinite um gift card giveaway, is that right? Uh we we don't. We are we are coming up with something. So like I said before, my okay. my basement tells you that I, the bug got me real well. Uh-huh. Um, so I have I have some discs down there that are unthrown that we're going to be offering up here for signing up with a pro during a certain time period. Um, we're still working that out. Uh, like I said, it's it is just a four person team. We're pushing as hard as we can, and we'd love for feedback. So if people are going in and playing and they're like, it would be awesome if it could do this, send it our way. Uh, if it's something we end up implementing, we'll make sure we thank you for it manufacturers have you i'm sorry I, uh, with with any of the manufacturers have you touched base with any of them on any support uh so we have and uh we're looking for them realistically to produce that custom disc for us we have oh, gotcha. we have feelers out as well with some of the other retail suppliers as well um and it, it's some of them get back to you right away and some of them take three four weeks to get back to you so we do know that you beat Paul McBeth in his league 
we want you to get a discraft disc. You beat Connor O'Reilly, we want you to get a latitude disc. So we we want to establish these relationships with each and every manufacturer out there. Uh, Raven Newsom, Sarah Holcomb, uh, Dan Brooks Wells, you get an MVP disc. Nice. Uh, and then I know a big in fantasy, people always want uh, apps. Have you guys, what is the, I know you guys are desktop right now. Um, any any consideration to an app and, and what sure. that so, timeline would look like? Right. What we're going to do is we're actually going to turn it into a progressive web app rather than a native iOS or Android app. And have you ever gone to a site on your phone in the browser and it says, add this to your desktop? That's what that is. That's a progressive web app. So there's no installation needed. So when iOS updates their version or Android updates theirs, we don't have to worry about recompiling and getting a new update out there. Ours, it's basically just a browser shortcut that behaves like an app on your phone. So we'll offer that out so you can install it. But we are, our design is mobile first. So if you haven't gone there on your phone, you should go there. It's designed to be played on your phone. And that's that's one of the other things we we thought about with the pros is I don't want them to have to, install and then if they if they have that three minutes to make their change but the app has to get updated Mm -hmm. we don't want to do that so they just create the little shortcut go right in we also did away with usernames and passwords so uh it's it's an extra it's an extra security feature too so you have to have access to your email address you keep your email protected on your card is protected and that's that's also for the benefit of the pros right if they don't have to worry about username, password, they know their email. Hit their email, click, we'll right. sign right in. No, that's that's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a tech wizard, so yeah, if you if that's the way to go for the mobile, then I dig it. But you know, yeah, you already know your target audience. You know that they're going to be on the go. You know, mobile's the way to go. So, um, I, yeah, I've I've been just using it on my desktop, so I'll for sure have to do the the mobile. You guys are really. It sounds like you've thought this through uh, a lot. <laughs> What are some what are some big picture? Uh, you know, I mean, it sounds like you guys have a lot on your agenda, but is there anything other big like big goals you guys have for this? Uh, so we'd we'd love to actually uh become one of the tour sponsors. So be be that um Ledge those down. signs that you see or the flags that you have out there. Because we want we want to work closely with the pros to make life on tour easier. Van life is van life is hard. So uh, I traveled recently back across the country with my father, and we were towing his RV and staying in campgrounds. And we were on the road for I think eight or nine days, and I was ready to be home at that point. So I can't imagine eight or nine months of that constant feeling. Yeah. Um, so anything we can do to make that life a little bit easier for them, we're, we're going to try and do. No, I love the idea of trying to mix fantasy sports with like supporting the pros. Cause for sure, man, it's gotta be hard being a touring professional. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it again, as we talked about, I think it's hard to get that start because, okay, you got to spend a couple of years saving up enough money for it. Okay. We feel if we can help you get your start, if you continue to just market with us, we can help you stay there. And then without the pressure of having to cash, we think you're going to cash more, which then allows you to stay out there longer. Yeah. It's just a perpetual cycle. Yeah. No, that's a great. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's all I had. I, I, I'm sure I know you had some stuff you wanted to hit for sure. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that? 
Honestly, uh, no, you are a very good interview. We went through everything that I that I had written down on my list. And uh, no, it, it's just, it's wonderful to be here. And it's nice to see that the community itself is embracing us. And that's that's been the biggest, that was always our biggest hurdle, right? Because I have to just randomly message these pros on Instagram and say, hey, who I am, what I do, I'd love to have a conversation. That's our biggest hurdle. Um, but I've gotten so many, yeah, I'm interested. And then I, I make sure I provide them my phone number first. I'm not asking to get yours. If you choose to call, you know, you're giving it to me and everybody I've talked to has been absolutely fantastic. I run through everything and everybody has been embracing and it just welcoming and, it's it's just it's it's been a very pleasant surprise. This first week has been much more chaotic than I expected, but in the best way possible. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that is one thing really cool about disc golf is you see like a a lot of these disc golfers are super receptive to doing media. You know, put it, like just talking, and it, it seems like I don't know, maybe more so than and than other sports. It just seems like they're just regular people willing to sit down and talk with anybody to, just to help to grow the sport. You know, it's well, it's not about, it's about the sport. And I just think like a lot of disc golfers have that mentality and, and they're willing to support newer media people who haven't been, you know, like I just started a few months ago, chain, uh, like chain clankers, I feel like has done so many interviews with pros and I, it, I, it's just good to see like how willing they are to like work with, new new media members it's really encouraging well and that's and that's one of the other things is is we feel this this offers another way to to foster that interaction between you and your fans without taking much time away from you yeah um and one thing that that has been shocking for us is we thought about limiting the amount of time that the pros have to play this game. So remember we talked about we'll create a league each and every week for the pro. Uh They only play one team. They play that one team in each and every league because we do scale out. So the commitment level we're looking at maybe three minutes a week and then an Instagram post or a mention in a YouTube video. And that's about it. We're not capping the money that a pro can earn from us. If they if they go through and they're able to sign up ten thousand people, I'll fly to their next tour stop and I'll and I'll hand them thirty thousand dollars. Like I, I would love to do that. And the other benefit that we're doing to the pros is we're paying out weekly. So everybody they get to sign up for the Las Vegas Challenge Monday after that they'll get the money that they earn for the Las Vegas Challenge. We're not waiting till the end of the year. It's not on a oh, monthly nice. basis. It's payout each and every week. So it's actual dollars that they can see within there and. I would love to see who Gannon picks or who Ricky picks, who they think are those top key guys, because that's just fun. And so have you ever watched Jomez practice round? Yeah, I've watched a, I've watched oh, a few. Okay. Couldn't you see Jeremy Coling with an entire bag of I beat Paul Uliberry <laughs> oh, just haunting sure. him the entire <laughs> round? Like we want that interaction in the pros too. 
the talking smack. That's what yeah. I always, I, I've been talking a few times where I love the idea of just drafting yourself in fantasy and, and talking smack, like while you beat them on the course and in fantasy. I just think that's a fun aspect in fantasy disc golf that, you know, like Austin Eckler always talks about drafting himself in fantasy football. Yep. You know, I just think, uh, it'll be curious to see if the pros in these leagues do end up like picking themselves as one of their four picks or if they're just gonna try to play, like use your analytics and go for the victory. Well, that or, was, you know, maybe they'll throw some fans some bones, you know, and, you know, maybe be like, you know, I want people to like beat me just to get that disc. And maybe they just I don't know if they're going to throw it, you know, but like, you know, maybe not put their best foot forth just right. to have their fans, you know, have that thrill of the victory. Well, so in talking with both Raven and Connor, I know for sure the first person they drafted both was themselves. Okay. So they're 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 riding or dying with themselves. They they they're betting on themselves to score some points. Yeah, talking about funny uh funny disc golf experiences. One of my first ones was was with Raven Newsom at, at Des Moines Challenge. He had a throw, and I said, "Oh, that's so Raven." <laughs> from that stupid show he gave me so much crap for that <laughs> dude he's just so funny i've uh someone said that they saw him just playing was it like csgo or something in his van just a big gamer nice. but just regular guy like he got to talk to him in the parking lot for like an hour or so just video games so yeah uh, i was i attended uh usdgc last year and i was sitting on the path right between seven and eight and uh aaron gossage threw a forehand on eight and I went, oh, nice shot. And he was clearly upset by it. He turned around, just looked at me, shook his head. I was like, all right, fine. Nice shot for me. And he got a <laughs> nice, nice little laugh me. out of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that's the key is they're, they're so approachable. They're so, they're so down to earth. Like think about, think about like your football or your basketball. More often than not, you're rooting for the laundry. You're not rooting for the player. Like your, your favorite player gets traded. Yeah, you'll keep up with them, but you don't become an, a fan of that team. You stick with your team. Take Simon this year. People were fans of Simon, and because they were fans of Simon, they threw Discmania. Simon's yeah. now with MVP. They're not. They're not losing their fandom for Simon. They're just opening up a, 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 another world, and now their bag will probably be mixed Discmania and MVP. I know I found out more about MVP discs from Simon's vlogs than I knew before because it wasn't as popular around here. I didn't get my hands on a lot, although I do love my deflector. And one of my two aces is with a deflector. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm still trying to get that elusive first one. But uh, I, I have a Tesla I love, a Volt. Uh, I throw a mo- MVP, I feel like I uh, really fits my forehand. Like the way that the disc fits in my hand, I feel like I exclusively use my, except my Envy. I really like that as an approach disc. But I feel like my other ones, my Tesla, my Volt, and my Motion, I'm like all forehand with those for some reason. My big utility disc is the wildly overstable energy from MVP. I have no business having that in the bag. <laughs> that is just a, I need something that's going to fight through the woods and then die. Okay. Right. And a um, little roller to get you out of trouble. Yeah. My, my brother and uh, the CFO, Zach, uh, if you ever need forehand roller lessons, he will guide you with his fireball. He loves that for a roller. Nice. I, yeah, I have a fireball as a backup for my motion. I feel like they fly pretty similarly, so I might have to take him up on that because <laughs> it needs some help. Uh, I did think of another question, actually, with the kind of like the community aspect. So 
is there going to be any kind of like messaging um, throughout the app? Maybe you can like, I guess, yeah, it would be difficult to have the time commitment from the pros to interact with all the fans, but maybe have like the fans talk smack with each other. So we have thought about it and we've talked about it. And one of the biggest hurdles that we have right now is moderation because uh-huh. uh, uh, oh, yeah. it, it is just the four of us. So maybe as, as we grow, that's something that we do have. We do have a discord server for support and then for general talk as well. That that if that grows and that turns out to be that point, that's great. Maybe maybe we can work with some of the pros on uh, ask the pro a question and we get an answer back, uh, something like that. But uh, for right now, we want to concentrate on core gameplay and, and getting as many sure. people on the platform and understanding it. So l- let's face facts: fantasy disc golf is in its infancy, right? There are, there are a lot of people who don't know anything about fantasy sports, so. Not only do you have to educate some of the pros as to what fantasy sports are, you have to educate the fans and then how to get them to go here. So we thought that stock market salary cap model was a a, a nice way that people will understand that. Uh, Almost everybody has a a stock market trading app on their phone. So they understand that mechanic. And I hope you saw some of that influence in the way our app works Um, because we're going for familiarity there. We're going to break down that barrier to entry and make it quick and easy. And then once you've bought or sold one player, you get the game. Once you've hit the markets page one time, you get the game. So we get, we want to strike that balance between letting people dive in, get dirty, fully understand it, or making this something you can play with a wife, a girlfriend, your mother, your father, just to have the fun experience of. Yeah. I mean, one nice thing I think is, is that you don't have to do a draft. You don't have to have a group of friends, you know, like, yeah, I have a lot of friends that play disc golf, but I don't have a lot of friends that play fantasy disc golf. So maybe like even sometimes getting those six people together to sit down and do a draft. And then like, you know, you even do the draft and you have people that don't make it or don't keep up with their team. So I feel like this is just a, a like a nice other option for you to do it on your own time, do your picks and and yeah, you don't have that that restrictive aspect of it. Right. And one of the other things that we wanted to be very careful about in, in a lot of your bigger fantasy sports leagues, there are a limit to the number of transactions that you can make per week. Mm-hmm. We didn't limit anything. If, if you pick a team and then now nah, you could sell all four players and then get four new ones. You can you could trade as many times as you want each and every week. Rosters will be frozen on the midnight before the opening day of the tournament and then reopened again on the midnight the day after the tournament. So let's say take it say a tournament is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday at midnight, market's closed. And then Sunday at midnight or into Monday morning, they open again after we've updated everybody's player value, all your team rosters, all the points. Uh, we're long-term goals we'd love to do dynasty Mm. economies yeah so our economy will refresh after every year so we'll reevaluate player values and we want to get everybody back down so you can afford ten thousand dollars but the dynasty one would be that economy just keeps growing so uh paul Macbeth right now is thirty three hundred dollars let's say seven thousand at the end of the year well in the dynasty he would be seven thousand at the start of that next year as well mm-hmm no, everybody loves Dynasty Leaks because you have that long-term play, not that yes. just year by year. Yes. Nice, dude. I love it. I love it, man. I, I'm really excited to get more into it. It's going to be fun to do it this first year. 
Well, yeah, we're uh, we, we've gotten we've gotten decent adoption so far. We'd love to get more people on because we feel like between our gameplay and the pro support, we think we're we're positioned very uniquely within this market, and uh, we we we'd love to. We we just really love to see the pros benefit from this. There there are too many people in in my opinion as as this golf has grown that are that are taking advantage of some of the exposure for the pros. So we our mission very clearly from the beginning is is to give back, is to always be a part, not a benefit from. Yeah, that's great. And dude, this is why I wanted to have you on. Learn about it. Learn about you guys. And I dude, I love the the mission. You know the 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 drive behind it, not just, you know, a, a money grab, but you guys are really looking to, to give back to the, the pros. Well, and, the, and we the, def- the funny part is, is with operating expenses of owning a business, which you have to always have, each pro is going to make more money on this than I am. So that's perfectly fine. That's what we want. We want them to benefit the most from it. They are the ones like take somebody, uh, Greg Barsby, Greg Barsby has been on tour for, 15, 20 years now. Uh-huh. Um, I shouldn't benefit more than he should off of him doing something. Let him let him reap the rewards of him putting his name out there, always smiling, being that nice guy, and making all those 150-foot throw-ins. Totally agree. Totally agree. Because they're the ones driving it. They're <laughs> they're the talent, they're the personality, they're the ones driving the sport. But at the end of the day, if you're putting in a um, something that can contribute to the sport in the end of the day everyone can get theirs so you know everyone can everyone can benefit you get to do something you love hopefully full-time maybe one day and then and the pros will benefit get that gas money week by dude, that's uh, paying weekly is such a great idea dude gas money food money they got so many expenses they got to think of throughout the year so just that every little bit will help yep and that's 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 what we're hoping for and with the weekly leagues you let's say uh, I'm trying to think of a late bloomer from last year. Uh, was it Robert Burridge at Worlds? Was it at Worlds? I don't know what he did at Worlds. I just know Des Moines Challenge. He okay. Where is yeah. that? Where he pushed Paul to the playoff? The, Simon the stump Simon, got that's him. It. I'm sorry. Yes. Who, who DMC. pushed Paul into the playoff last year? That was Goose. Goose. Aaron okay. Yeah. Yeah. He already had one breakout, but you get those guys, and there's two weeks left in the season. Go play the league with them for the last two weeks. You still get the entertainment value of two weeks. You still support the pro. <coughs> Excuse me. And you get to know the players a little bit better. Yeah. No, that's what fantasy is all about is knowing their games more. Yep. And, and just this is, yeah, this is great. And we awesome. can find you on, uh, you have onyourcard.com and then you guys are on Instagram. Is there any else, anywhere else we could find you guys? Uh, we're, we're on Facebook as well. We're, okay. we're looking to get onto Twitter. Uh, that's, that's going to be coming after we, after this influx and then we calm down a little bit. We'll expand the other platforms. Dude, I, I love it. You guys are off to a great start. Awesome. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining Rick. Um, any, any, uh, Anything else you want to say? Uh, plug on for on your card. Uh, just that uh, we've been we've been overwhelmed and and surprised by the support that we've gotten so far. Uh, we we hope to do right by all the pros that we partner with, and we hope to do right by all of the players that play with us. We we don't want to charge ridiculous amounts of money. We want to charge just enough that we can do everything that we need to do. I, I don't. I, I don't need to be a billionaire off of fantasy disc golf. If I can support my life, I can help support pros lives. We can have people have a great time. That's, that's what our goal is. 
Yeah. So if a pro hears this, is it uh like okay for them to reach out to you if they're oh, they're trying oh. to get on board this? Uh, not put all the work on you guys to reach out, but hey, any pros interested want to get on board? Reach out to Rick and get yourself a league going. I've seen some. Yeah, I can't wait to hear who who else you got on board. Well, well, I hope some of the conversations that we put in late last week come to fruition this week. But uh, we're we're definitely one of the one of the most surprising conversations I had with Sarah Holcomb. Uh, it, it's, it's always weird when I have to, when I'm trying to message the FPO players, cause the, here's just random guy on the internet saying, call me please. <laughs> uh, and, and I thanked her for that. And that was, it was such a great conversation. Um, after I went through and explained everything, she's like, all right, let me see if I got this though. So one of the reasons we would do this is just to do something cool. And I was like, yes, she gets yes. it. Like, awesome. <laughs> she gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just another way. Yeah, it'd be fun for them. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, if if any of the pros out there want to want to get on our platform, want to know more, they can just message us on on your card on Instagram or uh, my email is actually just rick.hanson at onyourcard.com. You can feel free to send something over. We'll get back to you right away. Nice. And that's H-A-N-S-E-N, Hanson. Rick. Yes, Hanson at onyourcard.com. Check him out on Instagram. Check out his website. Rick, thank you so much for joining. It was a pleasure having you. And I can't wait to like touch base and see how this develops. Definitely. We're always here. Anytime you want us back, we're, we're, we're more than welcome. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Rick. That will do it for this episode of Chill This Day's A Sports Ethos presentation. Huge shout out to Rick from On Your Card for joining the show today. Thank you so much for listening and may all your bogeys become birdies.